from ABC7 New York, this is Eyewitness News Extra Time. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Eyewitness News Extra Time. I'm Bill Ritter. We're going to begin with a major snowstorm that moved through during the height of the morning commute and into the afternoon. And now the focus is on the cleanup and the danger of tonight having some black ice. It's going to be very slippery out there. This is what it looked like during the height of the storm in Rockland County, Westchester County, and in northern New Jersey in Wa-Ma. Uh, Mawa, I should say. Why did I think that? Anyway, I think it's just I'm frozen from all this snow, Jeff. Uh, the places hardest hit in our area are those three. This is the first significant snowfall in New York City since January 2022. That's why I'm a little bedraggled. We have a team of reporters to show us how people made it through the storm. But we're going to begin with meteorologist Jeff Smith with the forecast and all the totals we can expect next. I, I only put up names that are easy to pronounce. There you here. go. Very good idea. Sir. Yeah. But our major reporting stations uh, checked in Bridgeport, 7.6 inches of snow. Newark closing in on almost five inches. Central Park about 3.2. But portions of New York City getting close to eight inches up in a place like Woodlawn in the Bronx. Warwick, though, you had north and west of New York City where they didn't deal with rainfall to start. They were snow from start to finish. Warwick and Orange County, 13.4 inches of snow. Peak skill there in Westchester, just over 13 inches. Look at the island, Locust Valley in Nassau County, 8.7 inches. You got under one of those really heavy bands for a while early this afternoon, so that snowfall was really able to stack up, even though you started as a little bit of rain there uh, late last night. Sussex leading the list in the entire tri-state area in northwestern New Jersey with 15 inches of snow. And how about Newtown, Connecticut? Interior Fairfield County getting some of those higher totals, about 13.8 there. By the way, the coastal flood advisory until 3 a.m. Wednesday for this high tide cycle coming in later on this evening up to a foot of inundation could lead to some minor flooding in vulnerable spots. We're 40 in the city. You get some melting in those areas that got a lot of snow north and west, still above freezing there. But you'll go well below freezing overnight. By the way, a couple of flurries could skirt eastern parts of Long Island during the next couple of hours. Slushy areas, standing water will freeze overnight tonight. We're bright but brisk and chilly tomorrow. 30s will feel more like 20s. Colder pattern will be sticking around for a while for the foreseeable future. And guess what? A couple more snow chances, maybe some snow showers late Thursday, Thursday night. And then again on Saturday, that has a little bit more potential for at least a coating in parts of the area. We'll talk about that and more in your AccuWeather seven-day forecast. Bill, back over to you. Okay, Jeffrey. Thank you. Uh, we appreciate that. In our northern suburbs, Rockland County got its share of snow that left its mark on streets across the area. Eyewitness News reporter Marcus Solis reports for us from New City. For first grader Mila, today's winter weather meant building a snowman with her family, then enjoying the leftovers for lunch. In the last few years, I didn't really feel we had any snow. So this was nice because we got a real true snow day. No remote learning. We just got to enjoy each other, sleep in, and now we're outside building a snowman. Indeed, Rockland County racked up close to double-digit accumulation during this early morning storm. Highway crews and private snowplow operators spent hours clearing the heavy, wet snow that blanketed the area. Homeowners had quite a bit of digging out to do as well. About two hours. Not too bad. It, uh, you know, we have a snowplow, so it uh, makes it a little easier. A lot more keen than expected. I'm lucky I did it twice in the middle of the night. Now get started because it's wet. But good for packing, which brings us back to the snowmen. Third grader Blake DeSantis is head over heels for his creation. He literally built, he dug all the snow from there all the way down here and we just kept building. And then decided upside down is the way to go? Yeah. 
The LT is for Little Tour Elementary School. The PTA has challenged families to a contest, hence this creation. It's on creativity, funniest, spirited, whatever you want. And so my daughter wanted to dress up her principal as sitting at the beach. A little bit is covered, but she's sitting at the beach having a good time. They are all winners in my book. As for the timing of this storm, by it wrapping up by noontime gave highway crews a chance to get the upper hand. By nightfall, even side streets are passable. In New City, Marcus Solis, Channel 7 Eyewitness News. Meanwhile, as Jeff Smith said, it was the northern and central areas of New Jersey that got the brunt of this storm. New Jersey reporter Tony Yates continues our coverage. She's in Mawa. How happy was Kofi Aduse about bundling up and coming out here to face Mother Nature's gift? It's heavy, it's thick, it's wet. It's, it's definitely an exercise, it's a workout. He and his neighbors all trying to make quick work of the cleanup. When are you guys going to get plowed out? <laughs> <laughs> From the look of things, Hopefully soon. It's time for snowing now, so we'll see how it goes. The snow stopped, and that was the moment many were waiting for to grab shovels, crank up snowblowers, and dig in. The bend of the knees, stay hydrated, all that good stuff. I was expecting for like the being warm, but now we've been out here maybe like uh, maybe two hours already. Uh-huh. It's not that bad. I thought Have it was gonna be worse. Dad's truck sits high, no problem. Perfect size to jump up there to get his vehicle ready to roll. While brothers Miles and Michael teamed up to tackle clearing snow from about five homes and head to the bank. Good money. Yeah, like 200. What are you going to buy? Um, save it. Pretty good way to spend your snow day off, earning some money, right? And as for the plow truck drivers, the salt truck drivers, they did a wonderful job. Hopefully they're having nice dinners and will have a long night to sleep. In Mawa, Tony Yates, Channel 7 Eyewitness News. Does the snow affect voter turnout? We are going to find that out tonight because polls will close at 9 o'clock tonight on Long Island in the special election to replace disgraced Congressman George Santos. Democrat Tom Swazi and Republican candidate Mazzy Pillip both made last-minute campaign stops today. No surprise. We have team coverage of the special election. Long Island reporter Shante Lanz is covering Massey Phillips' campaign. But we begin with Josh Einer. He's live in Glen Cove, Glen Cove with the Tom Swazi campaign. Josh, what a day. Bill, what a day. You know, uh, a lot of things keep a campaign manager up at night. The idea of an election day snowstorm is absolutely on that list. A special election, you're going to have depressed turnout anyway. And so they are all, very both sides, quite concerned about who actually did get out to vote. Right now, with a little bit more than two hours to go before polls close, the Tom Swazi campaign is doing its best to gin up as much vote as it can. But a few hours ago, Swazi did try to offer a positive speech on the snow. How you doing, Jimmy? Good, good, good. This final campaign stop in a hometown polling place is something of a ritual for Tom Swazi. And this afternoon in Glen Cove, he projected optimism. The snowstorm won't melt his hopes to return to Congress. The turnout is low because of the snow. Now, we think that's good for us because of the fact that the Republicans often vote in the morning and the Democrats vote in the afternoon. 
Before George Santos represented New York's 3rd District, it was Swazi's seat, and he held it for three terms before the one-time Nassau County executive and Glen Cove mayor mounted an unsuccessful bid for governor. Now he's back in a whirlwind special election, immigration top of mind for voters. But while his opponent, Mozzie Pillip, has tried to tie him to the New York migrant crisis, Swazi says his record of bipartisanship in Washington is his biggest selling point in a crisis like this. I'm proposing that we must do the bipartisan partisan deal that's been negotiated in the Senate. That's the only way to close the border, to get more wall, to get border agents, to get more immigration judges, to get money to New York State and New York City. That's part of that bipartisan deal. It's the extremists in the Republican Party that are following the dictates of Trump that are saying, don't do the bipartisan deal. It'll give a victory to Biden. That's the only reason it's not happening. The migrant issue really did become the defining issue in this special congressional election. And in fact, Swazi noticeably bristled when I asked him about it this afternoon. We will see in just a few hours exactly how the Republicans attempt to tie him to the migrant issue, particularly in New York, whether that had a real impact at the polls. Bill? Josh, the surprise to many people, not to you, I think, because you've been covering this, but to many people was how close this election seemed to get based on the poll that was done. Yeah, look, Bill, this is an area that has been trending more Republican. Republicans did have great success uh, in the last cycle. Of course, the one that brought George Santos into Congress. There are other members of the congressional districts here in Nassau County that are Republicans. And so uh, th that is uh, sort of a growing concern. The question really is, in a district that's, that, that appears at least to be somewhat evenly split, uh, really whether the we what, what kind of impact the weather uh, did in the end have. And, uh, and I guess we're going to find that out. We will find it out. Maybe not by the end of tonight, but certainly by tomorrow. But we'll keep everyone posted, of course. Josh Einier, Josh, thank you. Reporting tonight from Glen Cove in Nassau County. Thank you, Josh. Uh, from the Swazi campaign uh, to the Pillip Watch Party, we continue our coverage. Shantae Lands is in East Meadow for us. Shantae? Well, Bill, Mozzie Pillip will be here in just a few hours. She's hoping to win this race, being joined by many Republicans, dozens of them across the nation who are leaning on her to keep, to widen, excuse me, that gap that the Republicans have over the control in the House. Her last push, Mozzie Pillip meeting with voters in a pizza shop in Massapequa, hoping to get out the vote. So engaged, I can feel it. The Ethiopian Jew from Great Neck is a registered Democrat now representing Nassau County Republicans. The mother of seven served in the IDF, the Israeli military, before moving to the United States. Both Pillip and former Congressman and Nassau County Executive Democrat Tom Swazi are campaigning nonstop on this special election day to fill disgraced, indicted, and expelled Congressman George Santos's vacant third district seat. Long Island was flipped red the last election. Do you feel like that this will continue? It was flipped red last election. Absolutely, it's gonna be great because the people of Long Island and Queens County, they want, you know, they want the government that's gonna work for them. Election day, starting amidst a blustery snowstorm. The tight race will impact a slim majority in Congress by House Republicans. Today, Long Island Republican reps Nick LaLota and Anthony D'Esposito, who rallied to expel George Santos, are hoping for Mozzie Pillip to win. We are confident we'll get the voter turnout, and uh, tonight we'll be excited to uh, announce Mozzie Pillip as our next member of Congress. 
And again, that was Congressman Anthony D'Esposito, who actually introduced legislation to expel Congressman George Santos. Nick LaLota was also a co-signer on that bill. Ultimately, that wasn't the legislation that got him expelled. It was another proposal weeks later that got him expelled. Now, bringing us to where we are now on this night of the special election. Again, all eyes nationwide here on Long Island to see who will come out on top. Again, Mozzie Pillip hoping that it will be her. Bill. Only in the last day or so, a couple of days, was she really much more public than she was early on in the campaign. You finally got her to sit down and have an interview, but a lot of people couldn't get interviews with her. Well, yeah, political analysts were believing that it may have been more of uh, the campaign party overall as opposed to her. Uh, she has been opening up more. She's been a lot more vocal now. Mo many of her events and fundraisers were private. Now she's allowing cameras to follow her along as she meet with constituents uh, very close to the race now. She was yep. very op open and vocal today. So we'll see how all of that plays a role heading into tonight. Again, the polls close at 9 p.m. tonight. Shante, thank you very much. Reporting from East Meadow in Nassau County, Nassau County tonight. And we invite you to stay with Eyewitness News on air and online for the results of the race this evening. We'll have complete coverage tonight on Eyewitness News at 11 on Channel 7. And as we continue with tonight's Eyewitness News Extra Time, new information about that deadly shooting on a subway platform yesterday in the Bronx. We'll tell you what an MTA station agent who witnessed the chaos told our Eyewitness News reporter, N.J. Birkin. Plus, she is our colleague and our friend, and what a great reporter. Now she's sharing her battle against cancer. For the third time, Stacey Sager's inspirational story is coming up. A big new development tonight in that deadly shootout last night at a subway station in the Bronx. New York cops say three gunmen, three gunmen ended up firing as many as 19 shots in what started as a fight between two groups. When the gunfire ended, six people were shot, one of them fatally. And tonight, an MTA station agent who witnessed the chaos talking exclusively to Eyewitness News reporter N.J. Burkett. NYPD officers are walking the platforms at the Mount Eden station that were littered with shell casings the night before. Police officials released these surveillance images of two young men wanted for questioning as the investigation intensifies tonight. The gunfire triggered pandemonium on board a number four train at 4.30 yesterday afternoon. Two groups of young people fighting one another before one of them fires shots. If you can imagine a chaotic scene, you have a crowded train pulling onto a crowded platform, one shot being fired. Now everybody's trying to scramble to get off the platform. Investigators now believe there were three gunmen who fired at least 19 rounds, both inside the train and on the platform. Six people were struck, most believed to have been innocent bystanders. Three of the six victims were rushed here to St. Barnabas Hospital. One of them, a 35-year-old homeless man, was struck several times in the chest and did not survive. A 28-year-old man was shot in the arm and a 29-year-old woman had bullet wounds in her face and her neck. Everybody's running outside. People are jumping on top of each other. It was crazy. Station agent Abdul Hussein saw the woman bleeding profusely and called in the emergency on the system's dedicated phone line. She got shot with the blood coming, coming from the, the face, from the neck, and she tried to get her help from me. MTA chairman Jano Lieber insisted that crime is trending lower. We're headed in a good direction, but today we're acknowledging 
uh, what those folks are going through in the Bronx. But Transit Union President Richard Davis says more needs to be done to protect riders and workers. They have to focus some more resources onto the platforms and the stations with police presence. Police believe the shootout was gang related and are chasing down fresh leads tonight. In Mount Eden, the Bronx, NJ Burke at Channel 7, Eyewitness News. Really frightening development. As we continue with Eyewitness News Extra Time, an inspirational story from one of our friends and colleagues, the very good reporter Stacy Singer, sharing her battle against cancer for a third time. And now an inspirational story from one of our own. As we've been telling you, our friend and colleague Stacy Sager is once again battling breast cancer. Stacy's always been open about her personal battles, her medical battles, hoping to help and inspire others. And she has done that. She's still doing that. She's going to begin her first round of 20 rounds of radiation treatments next week. But today joined us on Iowa News at 5 to not only talk about her progress, but also provide a message for all women. You, you, right, you were sleeping, you didn't feel well at one mm -hmm. point, and you brought it up. You had to be an advocate for yourself. You think it's your implant, you think it's this, but when that pain blew up, I, you know, I can be a nudge. I can be a real you nudge. Really? Yes. Oh. And, you know, but it haunted me because I thought, what about the women who, who aren't willing to speak up? Yeah. Do they die? Right. Do they die? Yeah. So you need to speak up. Yeah. You call yourself an introvert. You're not shy about that, but and you, but you're a reporter. You go on the air. You tell stories that gives people that give people information. You're doing that now, right? And I assume that that is giving you some strength and getting you through it. Mm -hmm. It is, and the people that I hear from who say, from the woman giving me PT on my arm, who said I got a mammogram last week because of you. You know, people say things, and I know from my past stories that people, you know, lives change when they hear what to do. Of course, and it's it's a monumental thing. And, and, and triple negative, too, we need to put that on the map, because mm. in my BRCA1 community, 75% of all cases are this aggressive cancer. In the black community, it's mm -hmm. double that. Wow. Meanwhile, a group of Stacy's doctors share important information in a new documentary on Stacy's three fights with cancer, and it's streaming now. This is just one piece of valuable information. Breast cancer, as I say, is not just one disease. Okay, there are different subtypes and we treat now, we have the luxury of treating in a very individualized, personalized, tailored way based on the subtype of cancer that someone has. When someone has a biopsy and that biopsy shows cancer, they then run three tests on that cancer to tell us what might be feeding it, making it grow, making it tick. This is such an important documentary. It's called Three Decades, Three Cancers. Right now, wherever you stream, ABC7 New York. It is important and powerful and potentially life-saving, and it's done because that woman right there, Stacey Sager, is brave and wants to tell her story and help others. And we admire that and love her very much. Meanwhile, as we continue with Eyewitness News Extra Time, we're going to check in once again with meteorologist Jeff Smith, an update on today's snow totals and what's ahead. Among those celebrating Valentine's Day this year, a centenarian, centenarian, centenarian. Can you imagine a couple in Virginia who have been married, dig this, for nearly 80 years? Marson Champagne met his wife, Bobby, while they were traveling during his time as a Marine. A train conductor actually asked him to give up his seat 
so she could sit there. He did so with a smile, and he says he knew he had to take a chance and ask Bobby on a date. And they did. The two fell in love, look at them, moving all over the country before retiring finally in Northern Virginia. For newlyweds or any couples out there, Marston and Bobby have some advice. The main thing is, they may seem like big issues at the time that come up, but believe me, they don't matter. You have to recognize that that person is far more important than any of those little issues are. Yeah. And here we are. It chokes me up because I was so lucky. Oh my goodness. Is that beautiful or what? There are other pieces of advice, by the way. Always take a chance on love, they said. They did, and 78 years later, they say they are just as in love today, and you can see that, as when they were saying their vows by, back in 1945. By the way, Marston's 100, Bobby is 101. They have three daughters, many, many grandchildren, and welcomed their sixth great-grandchild in the last month. And this is a great mantra, Jeffrey. You know, two married guys should know this, too. Nothing else matters. Only one thing's important in all this relationship, right? right? The day-to-day -day stuff. Kapusha. Push it aside. Yep. Yeah, get it out of it the way. It was so evident that they are still so much in he love. He was crying. That's, that was incredible. Yeah, yeah it's beautiful. Good all stuff. right, let's get to the weather. And what are we in for? You know, winter's not over. I just want to say, I know you're a meteorologist, so you know that. But yes. everyone out there, we could get this again. We could get it again, and we have a couple of shots of snow coming up during the week. Maybe Saturday's situation could give us a little bit of accumulation. Nothing like what we just saw, but uh, there could be some coatings in parts of the area at the very least. Here's a look outside right now. That temperature, 39 degrees, feeling more like 33. It's a northwest wind coming at about 8 or so miles per hour. 41 was our high. That was at midnight last night, and then the temperature fell down to 33 during the storm. So, you know, the temperature never had actually even went down to the freezing mark. So it snowed at temperatures above freezing, but it was coming down so hard that it overcame that mild surface temperature and was able to accumulate. So today's high of 40 was actually a couple degrees below average for this time of the year. Uh, sun setting these days, 528. We had 0.77 inches of liquid. 3.2 inches of that was in the form of snowfall. It was our biggest snowfall since late January of 2022. We're now just 1.1 inches below normal this month. So we're almost average for February, but we're still over a foot below normal for the winter. So we have a lot of making up to do uh, during the next several weeks if we can if we can want to consider an average winter. 38 at Teterboro right now. You're down to freezing at White Plains, so you're already probably getting some black ice forming in some of the northern suburbs, especially on untreated surfaces, down to 28 at Poughkeepsie. You had the melting during the day, and then that just kind of refreezes overnight. A couple of flurries out by the east end of Long Island. Those would be going by the wayside. 7 o'clock tomorrow morning, we're down below freezing in the city. 20s in many of the suburbs. And tomorrow is a chilly Valentine's Day. We're talking about highs only getting up in the middle 30s, feeling more like the 20s with the wind out there. And talk about cold. Check out tomorrow night. We're down into the mid-20s in the city, even some upper teens well north and west. Clear skies to start Thursday, but clouds increase. And by late in the day, by this time Thursday evening, there could be a couple of snow showers, mainly north and west of New York City. If they make it down to southern parts of New Jersey, there could be in the form of rain showers in the city, maybe a rain or a snow shower at some point Thursday evening. That storm moves out of here. It's a blustery day Friday, but there's another system kind of waiting in the wings that'll move in here during the day on Saturday. Turning out mainly clear, brisk, chillier tonight. We're down to 30 in Midtown, 20s 
degrees in most suburbs. Watch for slippery and icy areas out there. Mostly sunny, brisk and chilly tomorrow. That high getting up to about 36. Mostly clear, cold tomorrow night. The wind dropping off somewhat late teens in the coldest spots, about 26 in Midtown. Here's your AccuWeather seven-day forecast. Watch for a rain or snow shower late Thursday, especially Thursday evening. And then we're brisk and chilly on Friday, about 40. A better shot at a few snow showers on Saturday. That could leave an accumulation in some spots. We'll be watching that. Brisk and chilly Sunday. President's Day right now looking quiet. And we start turning a corner there to some milder weather by Tuesday of next week. Lee has an update tonight at 11 o'clock. Back over to you. Okay, thank you, Jeffrey. That wraps up this edition of Eyewitness News Extra Time. We thank you for watching and joining us. I'm Bill Ritter. A reminder, Extra Time is now a podcast. Yep, we hit the big time. You can listen to this show as well as past shows on the go. Search Extra Time, ABC 7 NY, or wherever you stream your podcasts. We're back live on Eyewitness News at 11 o'clock on Channel 7, WABC-TV. Hope to have you, uh, have you join us then. Have a great evening and be safe out there.